1: Hello and welcome to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli, a show where I help you change the limiting, unloving, and toxic stories you've learned to tell about yourself and your life so that you can have better everything. Today's show title is Meet Your Fortune Teller, this 100% accurate personal fortune teller we're going to get to know the most on-point assessor in the world for you. If you really get to know this fortune teller, you're going to know exactly what kind of future you're going to have. Whether you're aware or not, you have known this fortune teller for a long, long time. Some of you have worked with this fortune teller already. Others of you really want to, but don't know how. And I'm so glad you're here. If you haven't figured it out yet, the most accurate teller of your fortune is your belief system. It's what you believe about yourself, about the world, about your life, about what's possible for you. The most wonderful part about getting to know your belief system, your fortune teller, is that you can change your fortune. You can change your future by changing what you believe. Now, don't let me lose you here because I know this is where everybody's like, well, yeah, that sounds great, but that's a lot easier said than done. I'll grant you that it is easier said than done, but we are going to explore just how to change your beliefs. The purpose of the rewritten show is to empower and inspire you to rewrite your story so you can recreate your life. And virtually all of the time, this requires that you change your beliefs. One of my all-time favorite quotes, maybe my favorite quote, is by Oprah Winfrey, and she says, you become what you believe, not what you think or what you want. Reflect on that for a second. You become what you believe, not what you think, not what you want. A lot of the teachings around us today focus on what we think and especially thinking about what we want. That's not enough. It's about what you believe. And there's great support and evidence for this statement all around us. Your beliefs are so powerful. When a group of people are given a sugar pill and told that it's medicine going to solve an actual clear ailment that they have, about 30% of them, will experience all of the benefits of the medicine. This is the power of belief. We live in a world where every tone and type of experience is available all of the time. We all have a tendency to seek and interpret information, to view and process the world in ways that conform to our prior beliefs, even if the facts contradict it. And there's a term for this. Psychologists call this confirmation bias. A person who believes that they are inferior, unlikable, unlovable, will enter a social environment and behave in socially awkward ways. They'll feel uncomfortable. They will look around and collect all kinds of evidence that supports their belief in their unlikability. By contrast, a person who feels likable, lovable, will enter the same environment and meet people and enjoy it and feel good, and they will collect evidence to support the belief that they are likable. I know a person who believes... That all of the offices and paperwork you have to go through to run a business are full, just chocked full of people and systems that are just out to sabotage them. And I'm not trying to take away from the reality that the process can be confusing and frustrating and difficult, but this person has problems that are confusing and frustrating and difficult with these processes every single step of the way. Her belief confirms that reality every single time. She looks for what's difficult and wrong and challenging and frustrating, and she finds it. She exudes to the person across the counter that she's upset, that she's stressed, that she's ready to go off in any moment, that she knows this is going to be bad. I know another person who doesn't even really think about this. She goes through the similar steps. And she just does whatever the next step is. She doesn't get bothered. And if there's something she has to solve, it's not personal to her. And she just sails through the process. Her ease is contagious. People are willing to give her the answer to help her find a solution. She's using that communication system that we all use, where we send things through the ethers and let people know what kind of mood we're in. She sends Peace, ease, I know it's going to work out. Her belief that it's not difficult is confirmed again and again. Incidentally, the first person is naturally very skeptical and tends toward pessimism and the expectation that things won't work out for her. And the second woman believes that life is on her side and that things always work out. Both of them live that reality. Both of them live their beliefs. Both of them are collecting evidence all day, every day, taking it inside and shoring up their beliefs. The first woman looks more serious and stressed. The second woman looks youthful and fun. We wear our experiences. They show up on us. These two are similar in age, have similar levels of education. I would consider both experts in their industry. The first woman struggles financially and the second one seems to have fate and life conspiring to surprise her with abundance at every turn. What's important to know here is that neither one is more worthy than the other. Neither one is more favored by creation than the other. The sun shines on them equally, but it sure doesn't seem that way. What's happening is They have vastly different beliefs about themselves and life. So if, as Oprah, one who really appears to know, says, we become what we believe, and, as psychologists say, in our confirmation bias, we're always looking for information to confirm our beliefs, we can be fairly certain that our future is going to look more and more like the beliefs we're holding and proving, regardless of what we are saying or thinking. So like I said, the question fast becomes, how do we change our beliefs? There are a lot of teachings out there. A lot of them encourage positive thinking as the remedy, as the answer. And positive thinking is a very good thing but it's like frosting. It is not enough to take positive thinking and lay it on top of unexamined and limiting or negative beliefs. That is like frosting a poop cake. (laughs) You frost a poop cake and it is still undesirable at a minimum. Okay, can we agree on that? We need to get down to discovering our disserving beliefs and rewrite them. And we're going to talk about the how of that. When you have shifted your limiting beliefs, then positive thinking, the frosting, is valuable and effective. So before you start working on your beliefs about the present and the future, it's imperative. To work on the past. In this show, going forward, I'm going to talk about a lot of specific areas of life that we hold limiting beliefs. We're going to talk about finances and love and relationships and your career and your health and what you see for yourself. And how you can shift your beliefs and rewrite your story to recreate that in your life. But think about it if you just move forward without cleaning up the past and the past beliefs that are already in place and running, it's going to be a lot harder than it needs to be. So before we start working on the present and the future and those beliefs, let's take a look at the past. As I was researching to have this conversation and to create this show. I was looking for support. I love to bring you evidence-based ideas and tools and processes. And I was thrilled to discover a TED Talk by a psychiatrist and Harvard Medical School professor named John Sharp. The talk is called Change Your Story, transform your life. I was like, yeah, yes, that's perfect. So similar to our title, this is great. It is a TEDx Beacon Street uh, talk. It's online. You can find it. And Dr. Sharp wrote a book, which is next on my list. I have not read it yet. It's called The Insight Cure, Change Your Story, Transform Your Life. One of my deepest commitments is always to grow and to learn. I recommend that for anyone. If you are always in the mindset of being curious and growing and learning, you are always going to have that brain stimulated to remain nimble and plastic. You're never gonna get stuck in tight, small spaces where you forget about what you're capable of. You always stay in that growth process. When you are determined to remain curious, to remain an eager and avid and open learner, you are saying to the universe i am here to grow and to develop and the universe loves that i'm excited to dive into this book and for me in my life in changing my ways nothing has been more powerful than the act of changing the story i was telling myself and to learn about me and my trials and tribulations and all of that stuff you can listen to the first rewritten episode Um, I don't want to take up our time today from our show for that. I covered it and I did that just so I would be able to point you in that direction to show you in real time from someone you can actually hear from how profoundly important it is to change your story if you want to change your life. So Dr. Sharp says, the story we are telling ourselves about our past, who we are, and how everything always tends to happen for us is often inaccurate and filled with what he calls mean little myths, a term he took from the writer Marilyn Robinson. And I call those mean little myths false or untrue beliefs. But mean little myths, you know, it has a little bite to it. So I really like that. Dr. Sharp says that we can go back and revise our narratives. So, we can look at how distorted our playbacks of the story of our past is, and we will notice that we overemphasize negative events or times things didn't go well. And we will also notice that we have taken out or erased a lot of good things about ourselves and a lot of times that did go well. The danger here is that this story. Inaccurate and distorted becomes the basis of our belief system about ourselves and our lives. And then we set out into the world seeking and behaving in ways that do nothing but confirm it. And that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, Dr. Sharp has a process for revising your narrative, and you can see him share it in his TED Talk. And I suspect it's also laid out in his book. He says that you start with your autobiographical narrative, the story that you've been telling yourself. He calls it your personal documentary, like it's your own movie. And he says that if you want to change your life, this is where you have to re-edit. Because you've already edited with your very limited mind, your child mind. So you have this undeveloped mind that takes your movie, and edits it to the best of its capacity. He calls that a distortion from childhood, and it's running your life. We have to make conclusions as a child so that we feel some sense of understanding and control. We do the very best we can with what we have. The problem is that we don't yet have the ability to make sound conclusions about upsetting or scary or problematic things. So we do the best that we can with that undeveloped mind, and then we accept that as true, even when we've grown up and would handle the same situation differently, we would draw different conclusions and create different beliefs. We accept that as true, and it goes to shape our whole life. Dr. Sharp says it's the cause of our ongoing suffering, and it causes us to settle for a life far beneath our highest potential. I have to say I loved this TED Talk. I loved finding this guy. I love it when the things that have been proven true for me over decades in my life are proven and endorsed and put into a comprehensive narrative by someone who's made a life at a you know esteemed institution of this topic. It makes me feel so much more confident and it gives me that sense that I can powerfully move forward continuing to change old beliefs, continuing to rewrite the narrative of my past and empowering myself to create a much better life that brings me to my highest potential. And I see that for you. It is just as true for you as it is for me. We work with the same life events, the same apparatus, the same fears, the same undeveloped child mind that locks down a rule and a belief system that we then carry forward and continue to run until we examine it. Dr. Sharp goes on to say that his experience helping patients has shown him that we're usually suffering from one central false truth. For him, It was the false belief that since he couldn't stop his parents from divorcing, he couldn't be effective at keeping them together, and that would mean that he couldn't be effective at anything, and the result of that was to make him feel very insecure. So how do you edit your personal documentary film? According to Dr. Sharp, you identify where your narrative diverges from reality. So you have to go on a search for your false belief about you. Now, because it's been yours for so long, it's deeply rooted, and it might be hard to identify. So our false beliefs usually show up when we're feeling upset or unhappy or in the way that we see and view our lives, sort of the lens through which we see our lives. So completing some of these sentences might help you identify core false beliefs. When I think of trying something new, I feel, when someone rejects me, I think it's because I always... Things don't work out for me because the bad thing wrong with me is other people don't have this problem, but I do. And then you state the problem. If I didn't have this particular thought about myself, I could pursue my desires or my dreams. Those are all really good prompts To help you identify the core beliefs that are negative and could really be rewritten. And that rewriting would change the trajectory of your life. Those beliefs are false. The sooner that you can identify them and shine light on them and accept their falseness, the sooner that you get to move forward and live a life free of them. So after you find your false belief, you think back to your childhood to find experiences that created it. So for me, literally from the moment I was born, I was discriminated against for my color. My mom was a native German, white teenager who became pregnant by my black and absent father. My mom didn't tell anyone in her family or in Germany that she was even pregnant. So. My birth was a complete surprise, and while my skin was very fair, the obstetrician noticed that the tips of my fingers were brown, and he told my grandparents that that meant that I was black, and this was a surprise on top of the original surprise, and the men in my German family wanted me to be put up for adoption. It was unacceptable for a child to be born out of wedlock. It was unacceptable from a teen to have a baby. And it was also unacceptable for my German white mother to have a black child. So they sent in the priest and the social worker and even the doctor to talk to my mother and try to convince her to put me up for adoption. And she wouldn't. She wouldn't give me up. So I went home to her family. And my earliest memories, one of my earliest memories, is of being refused the right to go swimming with the family at a club they belonged to because I was black. I was tiny at the time. Then there are memories of being called racial slurs at home, being teased for being like Kizzy Kinte, a slave from the movie Roots, a movie that I never had even watched, but I knew that it wasn't good to be a slave. The false belief that I concluded and accepted with my child mind was no matter what I do, I'll never be good enough and I can't change it. So I better work harder than everyone so they'll keep me or else I'm going to get thrown out and I'm not going to survive. With that child-created belief, I became an unlimited people pleaser. I needed to make everyone happy and feel good all of the time. I solved everybody's problems and I grew up as fast as I could the entire time using my life and my behavior to apologize for what I concluded and learned was a defect that I couldn't change. Then in my adult life, I attracted people who preyed on my pleasing, preyed on my overgiving. I settled for things I shouldn't have settled for. I put myself last. If there was a price to be paid for something in terms of money or work or having to stay and clean up behind everybody, I did it. Because I was operating from the premise, you are more important than me. And of course, guess who loved me? people who had the narcissistic belief that they are more important than others. So I'm writing all about this story right now in my memoir. Uh, My memoir is currently titled Brown Sugar, a name that nicer people in my family uh, would call me. And my point here is that this cycle would have been repeated for the rest of my life if I hadn't sat down, And taken the time to do the work, to see it, to see the belief and change it. So once you identify your belief, and my story might sound dramatic and might sound big. Every story is dramatic and big to the child who lives it. So I don't want you to reduce your story in comparison to mine. We all are these lovely little, wide-open, feeling beings that want to be loved and safe. And when things don't happen the way that make us feel loved and safe, we take responsibility for it with our little teeny tiny child minds and bodies and adopt beliefs that can go on to run and ruin our lives. I don't want to diminish that. It doesn't matter if you don't have some horrible tragedy. And if you do, you still have the power to get in there and rewrite that belief. So how do you change it once you've seen it? Dr. Sharp and many professionals I've worked with and many spiritual teachers I've worked with all say something similar. They say to question your beliefs. And there are several ways to question. From the wise adult perspective you have now, you can ask, does this belief seem true? You can ask, if someone else went through the same thing, would it be true about them? This is a powerful one, because we tend to do all these things to ourselves that we would never put on someone else. You can ask, Is there any possible other explanation for the cause of this belief? So for me, that would have looked like, is there any reason other than I'm not good enough because I'm black that others treated me the way that they did? My answers would have been something like, yeah, they were caught up in their own toxic and racist beliefs. It wasn't personal to me. So in that question, you're confronting a false belief with other possible reasons and contradictory evidence. So it's important as you go through this process of questioning and shining light on the beliefs that you're loving and kind to yourself. And having someone you love and trust to help you through it can be helpful if you need that. But not the people who did the things that gave gave rise to the false beliefs. And unfortunately, that's usually our parents or caregivers. So now diverging from Dr. Sharp and others, I like to take this a step further. I like to go into meditation and journey back to my child self and let her know that the belief isn't true. Let her know that she is safe and I show her who she grows up to be. This is my way of. Re-editing and giving her a new story, a new way to create beliefs. I also like to re-edit the harmful past experiences by joining her in past memories. So I will see myself beside her, reassuring her through every hard time. It changes the memory of those times and it calms them. And there is uh, a body of psychology that does this. Uh, internal family systems has these exercises in it. If you're interested in that, if this resonates with you at all, and you want uh, some examples and some guidance on it, internal family systems is a thing to look at. But let's say I'm with my child self and she's just been called the N-word by an uncle in my family. My adult self can speak to my child self and help her understand that he's wrong, that he's stunted and cruel, and that she need not believe him. I can reassure her that she's beautiful and perfect the way that she is, and that she grows up to be surrounded by people who love her, and she will never have to be around people like that again. That's been a powerful process for me. I also take inventory of everything wonderful about my child self, All that she became great at as a result of the challenges. So those horrible experiences, they weren't all bad in that they brought me into adulthood with a lot of compassion. With a desire to heal myself and use that work to heal others. A strong work ethic. And the fire to persevere through challenges. I have used and needed and greatly benefited from all of those things. And that particular step is also in Dr. Sharp's process. Coming back to Dr. Sharp's method, his last step is leave the old story behind." He says, "Cut away what no longer serves you." And he uses an analogy of a spoon, a knife and a fork. and again, you can see it in his TED Talk on uh, TED Beacon Street, if you Google that. But this is the point in my mind where the positive thinking, that frosting back there we were talking about, becomes valuable. Because once you've cleaned up and dispensed with all of the crap, what you have now is the wonderful truth about you. It's the best cake ever. And when you frost it with words that affirm the truth about you, your focus shifts to making these healthy, and new beliefs, the biases that you confirm, and the prophecies that you fulfill. From this place, statements like, I am enough just as I am. I love and accept myself. I am 100% capable of creating the life I desire. The universe is on my side. I draw my tribe to me. I am a loyal, loving, and good person. And my friends are blessed by me. I persevere through challenges because I know they are temporary and I am strong. From this place, after you've worked through your beliefs, statements and affirmations like that are wonderful and powerful and they can be the north stars to your days that help you live a life more like what you deeply desire. So give it a shot. Take some time to re-edit your autobiographical documentary. This is going to help you tremendously when you join me in future shows and we move forward to rewrite your views about the various parts of life like money and love and career and health. And most of all, You deserve to be free of the inaccurate, harmful, toxic beliefs that act as self-fulfilling prophecies that tell your fortune and create your future. If there's anything in all of creation that you as an individual should have authority, dominion, and control over, this is it. As a woman, this is your queendom. You are the sovereign. This is what you rule. Thank you for being with me this week on this episode of Rewritten. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook. You can go to Life by Cynthia Ocelli on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Cynthia Ocelli or reach out to me on my website, CynthiaOcelli.com. I hope you have a beautiful week of transformation and renewal and until next time remember the stories you tell yourself create your life
0: are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world i'm stephanie james i'm a motivational speaker transformation coach and psychotherapist And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for igniting the spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life